Edward Jones, who knows that just like life, financial planning isn't only about long-term goals. It's about the moments big and small along the way. And when it comes to achieving everyday financial goals, Edward Jones works hard to connect you with someone you can trust professionally and personally. That's why they created their free financial advisor matching tool to help you find a financial advisor in your community. When you take the quiz and get your matches, don't expect just a list of resumes. You'll also see each financial advisor's story and personal interests. And when it's time to meet for the first time, they'll focus on your story, asking questions to understand where you're headed and why. Because Edward Jones knows that at the end of the day, behind every financial goal is a life goal. And that's what really matters. To learn more and find your financial advisor partner, take the quiz at match.edwardjones.com. I'm Frank Holland, and you're listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. Our show is live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern. Listen in. It is 5 a.m. here at CNBC Global Headquarters, and here is your 5 at 5. We begin with investors. They're gearing up for the second-to-last trading day of this year as the S&P 500. It just marches closer and closer to a fresh record high. Futures working to keep up those gains. And Apple not wasting any time in getting two of its smartwatches back up for sale after a legal victory in its ongoing import ban fight. Also, the White House reportedly struggling to lock in key support for a global response over ongoing attacks in the Red Sea and its critical shipping space. Those details ahead. Plus, new bumps in the road for Tesla as CEO Elon Musk finds himself at the center of political pressure out of D.C. over the safety of his EVs. And then later in the show, the tech giant that rose to the top of our fourth quarter Go Big or Go Home series, and where our next guest says he's standing by the stock in the year ahead. It's Thursday, December the 28th, 2023. You're watching Worldwide Exchange right here on CNBC. Good morning. Welcome to Worldwide Exchange. I'm Frank Holland. Let's get you ready to start your day. As always, we kick off the hour with a check of U.S. stock futures. Taking a look, as we mentioned, that's not it. We're going to show you in a second. As we mentioned, the futures in the green across the board. We're going to show you the numbers in just one moment. Uh, actually, i got to say, a bit of a, a change in direction right now. The Dow down, uh, looking like it would open about 18, 16 points lower. However, the S&P and the NASDAQ are in the green. The NASDAQ, as you can see, the best performer. So back to the action we saw yesterday, the Dow once again notching a fresh all-time high with the S&P moving closer to record territory. Take a look. It's now less than 1% from its record high. Much more on that in just a moment. We also want to get a check on the bond market this morning. Of course, we always begin with the benchmark 10-year. The yield there at 3.81. The two-year note at four and a quarter. Both of them about 30 basis points lower since the Fed's dovish pause in mid-December. We're also looking at energy, specifically oil. We always want to check oil. Taking a look at oil this morning, we're seeing WTI, that's the U.S. benchmark, down almost 1%, basically 73.50 a barrel. Brent crude, that's the international benchmark, essentially 79.35 a barrel, down just under a half a percent, so a bit of a difference there. All right, that's your morning setup now. We want to get a check on the overseas action. Starting in Asia, a mostly positive session there. Taking a look right now. The Nikkei, the exception, down almost a half a percent, but the Hang Seng, the best performer, up two and a half percent. We also want to look at the early trade over in Europe this morning. You can see right here, uh, almost the inverse of the action in Asia. The Italian MIB right now uh, up just very fractionally, basically flat. The others down fractionally, almost flat. Uh, the CAC, as you can see, uh, down a tenth of a percent. The FTSE down a tenth of a percent. Similar story up here for the DAX. Okay, time now for a check of some of this morning's top corporate stories. Look who it is. Silvana Hanau right here 
with much more on that. Good morning, Sophia. I am here on this Thursday morning, Frank. Good morning to you. A very rainy uh, Thursday morning for us here in Jersey. All right, well, Apple wasting no time in making some of its contested smartwatches available to consumers again. The tech giant announcing it will resume online sales of its Series 9 and Ultra 2 watches today at noon Pacific time. The watches actually begin hitting store shelves across the U.S. yesterday with the company saying wider availability will happen by Saturday. And the move comes after that appeals court decision temporarily halting the U.S. International Trade Commission's ban on the import and sale of the products over a patent infringement case with Massimo. Two U.S. senators are calling on Elon Musk to swiftly recall any parts in Tesla vehicles that may pose safety risks. Now, this is according to Reuters, which says a letter from Democrats, Richard Blumenthal and Ed Markey, cites its investigation published last week showing how Tesla has blamed drivers for frequent failures of components it has long known were defective. The lawmakers are specifically focusing on steering and and suspected parts, calling on Musk to correct, quote, apparent false and misleading representations made to the safety regulators. And nearly all of the foreign money that flowed into China's stock market this year has already left. This is according to the Financial Times, which says since peaking at around $33 billion in August, net foreign investment in China-listed shares this year has dropped 87 percent. The FT says that move has largely been fueled by mounting doubts about Beijing's willingness to take serious action to boost flagging growth. All right, Silvana, thank you very much. We'll see you just a bit later in the show. All right, turn our attention back to the markets. The market's looking to end the year on a high note as the Santa Claus rally shows no sign of slowing down. The major indices all on track to notch their ninth straight week of winning. The Dow and the S&P 500 poised to close higher by more than 13 and 24 percent respectively for the year, though still underperforming the Nasdaq up more than 44 percent this year and on track for its best year since 2003. Let's talk much more about this and what it means for 2024 with Quincy Crosby, Chief Global Strategist at LPL Financial. Quincy, happy holidays. Great to see you. Thank you. All right. So looks like we're in the middle of a Santa Claus rally right now. I'm looking at the S&P up just about three quarters of a percent since the Santa Claus rally started. Is that an indication of what you're expecting for 2024? No, it isn't. I mean, but one of the things that we do know statistically is when the market has a very good year, such as 2023, you usually can go into the next year and have a positive year. Uh, The statistics are are fairly strong. But the other thing that is very important about this rally, and it's not just the Santa Claus rally, is how broad it's become. And that also is a very important indicator of what the next year is going to look like. As long as it remains broad and doesn't have just five or six or seven stocks leading the market higher, you can see that the market is looking for value across the board. And that is a, a good sign for the next year. You know, speaking of the uh, the rally broadening out a bit, I know you're looking at the energy sector. So I was looking at the XLE. Uh, that's the uh, spider energy sector ETF basically represents it. And it's been really outperforming since the Fed took that dovish pause back in mid-December, up about 5% since then. Is that the broadening out that you're talking about? And do you think that energy stocks, they become more attractive next year? Well, there, there are a number of catalysts for that. One is, of course, geopolitical risk. So something we don't want to see is actually a catalyst 
for the energy market in the event that the uh, Middle East, uh, the containment so far uh, of the uh, conflict, if it expands, that's going to be a catalyst for oil prices, not to inch higher, not to edge higher, but they'll surge higher. However, the other catalyst actually is a stronger economy, more people going out, uh, more people driving, flying, uh, the, uh, uh, the airlines use a lot of uh, crude oil. But the other a- aspect is that the U.S. government is starting to replenish the strategic petroleum reserve. And what that does is it takes oil out from the majors that then give it to the Energy Department. In other words, the government buys that oil. And remember, they only have now about 11 million barrels of oil that they put in. Uh, they're down. Uh, quite a bit. They took okay. out uh, over 200 uh, million barrels of oil. So they've got a lot more buying to go. Quincy, I also want to get your take on the latest Livering Alpha investor survey and outlooks for strategies for the first quarter and beyond. The nation's leading institutional investors, top strategists, and our own CNBC contributors are being asked which will be the top performing areas in the U.S. next year. 35% saying financial stocks, 23% saying high dividend stocks, 19% saying healthcare stocks. You also have 15% saying mega cap tech stocks. That's kind of a bit of a shock. Only 4% saying energy stocks as well as consumer discretionary. What's your take on these survey results? Well, they change. Obviously, they change. I mean, we saw energy leading uh, the market number of quarters ago. Then it came down as it appeared that we were heading into a recession. And the, uh, the cuts that came from Saudi Arabia just didn't matter. But what we're probably going to see going into the uh, this year year 2024, is we're going to see, I think, the large cap uh, growth names in the S&P 500 across the board do well, especially if the Fed comes in with those rate cuts. Remember, this rally has been predicated on the Fed finished raising rates and the Fed cutting rates. And the expectations are we'll see a rate cut in March. If we do not get that, and if the Fed somehow decides that the economy is too strong, is igniting inflation again, they're going to be forced to raise rates. That could stall the rally. Quincy Crosby, I'll leave the conversation there. Great to see you as always. Thank you for being here. You have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, we got a lot more to come here on Worldwide Exchange, including the one word that investors have to know today. But first, we take another bite out of Apple and whether that decision around its watch ban could help fuel the tech giant's push for a return to growth. Plus, the tech pick that topped our fourth quarter Go Big or Go Home series. And while your next guest is not giving up on that stock in the new year, then later, we dig into our 2024 stock playbook and what has been a year of disruption for the media and entertainment industry and what that could mean for the sector in the year ahead. We have a very busy hour still ahead when Worldwide Exchange returns. Stay with us. Brought to you by Eden Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. What's inside your ETF? With Eden Vance High Yield ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find smart bond selection from a specialized team with deep fixed income expertise. Get to know what's inside EVHY, the symbol of high yield done right, at EdenVance.com slash CNBC. Before investing, prospective investors should carefully consider the investment's objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. The current prospectus contains this and other information and is available at EdenVance.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Not FDIC insured, offer no bank guarantee, may lose value. Not insured by any federal government agency. Not a deposit. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. 
Distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC. Now is the time to embrace a new wave of workers. Every day, your team grows younger, more digital, and more drawn to entirely new ways of working, which means you need flexible solutions to connect them where business gets done. T-Mobile for Business was born digital. With America's largest 5G network, we can make it easier to work together from virtually anywhere. Your team may be changing, but with the right tech, it can be more productive than ever before. Get started at tmobile.com slash now. All right, welcome back to Worldwide Exchange. Taking a look at the year-to-date S&P sector laggards. You're seeing right there utilities on the bottom, energy in second place, kind of a distant second place as a laggard down 3%, utilities down almost 11% for the year. Also looking at some of the winners for the year. Not a surprise on this one. Technology right there on top, up over 56%, right behind it. Communication services, very similar right there. Discretionary. A lot of thoughts about a possible recession this year, but still discretionary up more than 42%. All right, it was roughly three months ago that we asked some of our favorite guests, traders, and analysts to go big or go home. We challenged them to give us their best idea on the stock that they thought had the biggest potential upside heading into the fourth quarter. Now it's time for a progress report. Let's bring in James Chalkmock, partner and portfolio manager at Clockwise Capital. His pick, Amazon, the magnificent seven member, had already put in some strong gains throughout the first nine months of the year, up 59%. The strong run continued in Q4. Amazon up another 20% with just two days to go. Uh, you know what? Go ahead, James. Take that bow. Pat yourself on the back. I'm going to clap for you. What a pick there. Congratulations. We gave you your props. we got to move on now. Looking ahead to Q4, what are you expecting for Q4? Are you expecting Amazon to continue to be strong? And if so, what's the catalyst for that strength? Is it the e-commerce business? Is it the cloud business? Is it the ad business that's kind of a sleeping giant? It's a $12 billion business last quarter. Yeah, Frank, I think it's all the above. Um, You know, now there's talks about reports on ad advertising being part of the uh, prime video experience for 2024. So that would just be incremental on top of everything. But really, the the driver for Q4 is going to be about continued operational efficiencies and adding earnings power to the bottom line. That's what we saw for the last two quarters. And I think that trend will continue. And when this has been a stock always talked about how expensive it is, you know, north of 100 times earnings, how can you buy a company like that, even though it's cheap on a sales basis. But I think Within a year or two's time, you know, you're not looking at an expensive PE multiple anymore. This is a company that is trading in the 30s on a PE basis just two years out, uh, giving the earnings power of the company. So, you know, we continue to like it, see about 15 percent to 20 percent upside in 24 and another um, and about 35 percent to 40 percent okay. through 2025. All right. So you're maintaining that conviction in Amazon. I yep. kind of teed you up with the ad business. We're actually here talking about the fact <laughs> that you're going to have to pay extra to avoid the ads on a prime video next yeah. year. When I'm watching the boys, I don't want to see ads, but that's my problem. <laughs> I'll digress. I'm going to look ahead to your, your pick for 2024 and it's Coinbase. You have a lot of uh, conviction when it comes mm-hmm. to the cryptocurrency space. Just look at the Coinbase chart, um, huge year for Coinbase. And then you look in Q4 up just about 150% this quarter alone. Give us a sense. What's a catalyst for this stock going into next year? Yeah, so this is a company that we've wanted to own basically since the IPO just couldn't uh, justify the price. Uh, we finally got in in August uh, before this run up. So fortunate on that front. But, you know, you, when you have a tremendous l- run like this, it's really hard to say, OK, it's going to go further. But we think it will and not only go further, but go further in a big way. You know, we're looking to increase our exposure across the entire crypto bucket. 
um, whether it be through miners, through Coinbase or, or what have you. So what coin specifically, I think that the street is just not fully appreciating the revenue potential of this company. The reason we bought it in August was because the street's estimates essentially assumed that uh, Bitcoin would not appreciate a dollar above 28000 Obviously, that was wrong. Now, when you look into 2425, the street is currently assuming 0% revenue growth from 24 to 20, 2025. And we think that okay. that's outrageous. So we think a lot of upside to revenue, a lot of upside to earnings. This is a must own. Yeah, Coinbase certainly going into the new year with a whole lot of momentum. Uh, James, stick with us just for a moment. We want to talk about the world's sure. most valuable company. It's, of course, Apple. It's had a pretty solid year from a stock perspective. Shares are up about 50%, but it has not felt that positive if you're an Apple investor. The company reported several quarters of falling revenue, and it faces a litany of challenges as we head into 2024. Steve Kovac joins us now. Steve, good morning. Great to see you. Is the path a little clearer for Apple to return to growth next year? Yeah, let, let's go over this because this is the biggest question, Frank, for Apple investors going into 2024. Will it finally return to that top line revenue growth following four straight quarters in a row of declining sales? And on top of that, Apple said to expect flat sales for the current December quarter. Despite that, Apple shares, you know, it's part of the Magnificent Seven just soaring all year. And now, look, looking ahead to 2024, what could return to growth? We got good news and bad news. Let's start with the bad news. Headwinds in China. We know Huawei is returning, coming back and putting out new smartphones again for the first time in a few years. That is real competition for Apple. There's some data out there that people are switching back from iPhone over to the Android Huawei phones. Meantime, we're also this online gaming crackdown from the Chinese government, which, you know, these online games and certain restrictions around them, that also could uh, damage Apple's App Store revenue. And of course, as we've been talking all year, that slow economic recovery in China. Over to the U.S., though, Apple, that watch ban is still being worked out despite the reprieve yesterday. That fight is not over yet. And now the good stuff, services growth, re-accelerating that high margin business. It was up 16% in the September quarter. And there's also on the hardware side, some signals that PC and smartphone demand may have bottomed out and could start growing again. Here's what won't move the needle though, Frank, the new Vision Pro. That headset is going to be a small launch, possibly as early as February. It's going to be in the US only at first. It's not a mass market device, Frank, but it's going to be interesting to see how Apple sells it. So, Steve, you mentioned the Apple Watch news. How big is this for the company coming up in 2024? Yeah, I'll point to what Morgan Stanley analysts have said uh, looking forward to the March quarter for Apple. It's they're basically saying 2% of, rev of revenue is on the line. It could be up to $135 million for every week the watch is banned. Now, they have this reprieve right now. They're going to be able to sell the watch here in the U.S. starting uh, yesterday and then online today uh, through at least January 15th until the next beat in this uh, legal fight continues. In the meantime, Apple is working behind the scenes to kind of change the software to potentially get around these patent disputes. But it's not a done deal yet. But at least for now, there's a little bit of uh, reprieve for the first couple weeks of the new year. All right. Our Steve Kovac, love the Nasdaq. Steve, thank you very Thanks. much. All right. James Chockmock of Clockwise Capital still with us. James, coming back over to you. What is your take on Apple's year ahead? Yeah, I mean, I agree with Steve. I mean, they have a lot of a litany of uh, challenges to overcome. But that being said, I do think that estimates have indeed bottomed out. And I think that the dark horse for their business is going to be on the PC side. As long as, 
you see that Mac business reaccelerate. I think the status quo on the other lines, continued traction on services should be able to propel the stock higher. Now, that being said, you know, I'm looking at about 210 bucks as I look at 2024 numbers. So I think it's going to be a safe and steady grower and appreciator, especially as those estimates bottom out and you revert back to growth. But I'm going to put in my big bets elsewhere. All right, James Shockma coming out with a price target on Apple, 210 for 2024. James, congratulations on your big uh, go home, go big or go home pick for Q4. We'll have to have you back to see how Coinbase does in the new year. Thank you again. All right. Thanks, Frank. All right. Coming up here on Worldwide Exchange, fresh hurdles for the Biden administration as it looks to drum drum up support for security in the critical Red Sea trading route. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. All right, welcome back to Worldwide Exchange. Taking a look at the year-to-date Dow gainers. Look at right there at the top of the list at Salesforce. More than doubling this year. Intel right behind it up, just about 93%. And on the other side of the coin, the Dow laggards right now. Take a look here. Uh, Walgreens Boots Alliance down almost 29% for the year. Chevron and Johnson and Johnson rounding out the bottom three in this case. Might be surprised to see Nike there as well, down more than 8% for the year. All right, we're now turning our attention to the latest in the Middle East. The Biden administration's push to create a strong international response to Yemen's Houthi attacks on Red Sea shipping, struggling just a bit out of the gate. According to Reuters, roughly a week after the White House launched a new maritime force to patrol those waters, many allies have expressed that they don't want to be associated with it publicly or associated with it at all. The report says while the Pentagon has said the force is a coalition of more than 20 nations, Nearly half of those countries have so far not come forward to acknowledge their contributions or allowed the U.S. to do so. Meanwhile, speaking yesterday, President Biden said this week's U.S. military strike on targets in Iraq was in order to prevent further attacks on American personnel in the Middle East. That move has fueled fresh concerns about a wider regional conflict. All right, turn our attention now to some of the morning headlines outside of the world of business. NBC's Jessica Layton in New York with the very latest. Jessica, good morning. Great to see you. Frank, good morning. Always good to see you. We begin with the latest legal victory for the Trump campaign. The Michigan Supreme Court has rejected a move to take the former president off that state's 2024 ballot. Just last week, you may remember, Colorado State Supreme Court took him off their ballot, saying he is not eligible because of his role in the events leading up to the January 6th attack on the Capitol. The Colorado Republican Party has now asked the Supreme Court to overturn the state ruling. The Biden White House has announced a new security assistance package for Ukraine, and it's worth $250 million. It includes munitions for surface-to-air missile systems, Stinger missiles, and more than 15 million rounds of small arms ammunition. More than $60 billion in Ukraine funding is still stuck in Congress as lawmakers are in recess until next year. And Russell Wilson might have thrown the football for the last time for the Denver Broncos. The team announcing Wednesday it would be benching the nine-time Pro Bowler for the last two games of the season following that Christmas Eve loss that likely knocked the Broncos out of playoff contention. Wilson now faces the possibility of the team releasing him despite just signing a five-year extension back in 2022. 
When they had that blockbuster trade with Seattle, Frank, I did not see him ending up on the bench. We'll send it back to you. <laughs> I don't think he saw himself ending up on the bench, but small consolation, or actually large consolation, I think he still gets paid about $37 million next year. So Yeah, he'll I'm be okay. Gonna, I'm, I'm a big fan of Russell Wilson, but I'm, I'm also not going to cry for him. Jessica, great to see you as always. You have a great day. You too. All right, coming up here in Worldwide Exchange, Tesla facing fresh political pressures out of Washington as lawmakers demand answers over the EV makers' recent recalls. And if you haven't already, follow our podcast. If you miss Worldwide Exchange, check us out on Apple, Spotify, or other podcast apps. Much more WEX right after this. What was my ambition when I was starting out? Survival. I love the word ambition. Ambition is passion. It's a key ingredient of greatness. To me, ambition is being undaunted by the impossible. I'm ambitious for the nation. I'm ambitious for its people. I'm ambitious for my people. My ambition has always been to seek the truth. To learn as much as I possibly could. To make an impact. I believe in dreaming big. I always have. My ambition is to show gratitude. Ambition. It's got America written all over it. Ambition really is the foundation of capitalism. I wanted to do great things in this country. My ambition is to do very well in business and to take those profits and recycle back in society to try to make the world a better place. Everything can be a reality. I see ambition everywhere. In many ways, ambition, human ambition, is what drives the world. It's right around 5.30 a.m. in the New York City area, and there's a lot more ahead here in Worldwide Exchange. Here's what's still on deck. Markets looking to keep the rally rolling into the final two trading days of 2023, with the S&P 500 within striking distance of a fresh record high. Also, a new chapter in GM's ongoing cruise collapse, the new legal action is taking against one major U.S. city. We're also digging into our 2024 stock playbook and what the trying year for the media and entertainment industry could mean for that sector in the year ahead. It's Thursday, December the 28th, 2023. You are watching Worldwide Exchange right here on CNBC. All right, welcome back to Worldwide Exchange. I'm Frank Collins. Get you ready to start this day. As always, we kick off the hour with a check on U.S. stock futures. Taking a look right now, you're seeing a bit of a mixed picture of the Dow down right now looking like it would open about 14, 13 points lower. The S&P fractionally higher. The Nasdaq, the best performer in the pre-market. All right, looking at yesterday's action, the Dow once again notching a fresh all-time high with the S&P 500 moving closer and closer to record territory. Take a look. It's now less than 1% from its record high. We'll talk much more about that in just a moment. We also want to get a check on the bond market this morning. As always, we begin with the benchmark 10-year. That yield 3.81, the two-year 4.26, both about 30 basis points lower since the, the, the Fed's dovish pause in mid-December. We're also looking at the energy market. As always, we start with oil WTI, the U.S. benchmark. You can see right now about 73.05 a barrel, down 1.5%, falling a little bit deeper than it did earlier this morning. Brent crude, the international benchmark, taking a similar move to the downside, trading at about 78.60 a barrel right now. Let's also get a check on the overseas action. We're going to start with Asia, a mostly positive session in Asia right now. You can see uh, Hang Seng finishing the best out of all the major indices, up 2.5%. The Nikkei, kind of the uh, outlier here, down almost a half a percent. We also want to get a check on the early trade over in Europe. Taking a look, almost the inverse of what we saw in Asia. Uh, the Italian MIB uh, fractionally higher. The rest of these indices fractionally lower, pretty close to flat. 
All right, time now for a check on some of this morning's top corporate stories. And our Silvana Hanau is back with those. Silvana? Hey, Frank, good morning. I'm back. All right, let's get you some headlines. Global dealmaking looking to end the year on a lower note. New data from LSEG showing around $2.9 trillion worth of transactions were made this year. That's down 17 percent from 2022 and marking the first time that metric has sank below $3 trillion in a decade. The lull in activity extending from last year as M&A regulation, higher interest rates and rising geopolitical tensions weigh on the willingness and need to do deals. Meanwhile, the fallout from General Motors' cruise debacle continues. The automaker reportedly suing the city of San Francisco for more than $100 million on allegations of higher than warranted tax bills. GM is seeking $108 million in back taxes over the course of seven years. That's along with $13 million in penalties and interest, saying Cruz was improperly used to make the original tax bill calculations. And time for Amazon Prime fans to mark their calendars. The company announcing it will start incorporating ads into movies and TV shows streamed on its Prime Video platform starting January 29th as it doubles down on its investment in compelling content. In an email to subscribers, Amazon says no action is required for those who plan to continue paying that $14.99 a month or $139 annually. Customers do have the option to pay an additional $2.99 per month to avoid ads altogether, Frank. I will just stick with ads. You're going to stick with ads? I'm sticking with ads. I'm torn. I'm torn. It's only, is it $2.99 more a month? $2.99 more a month on top of your prime subscription. It's not bad. That's kind of bad, actually. That's right. But then exactly, because there's so many other streaming services now that you have to pay the extra for no ads. So it adds up. It's going to be a big change. There's so many shows I love on Amazon Prime, like Reacher, The Boys, like all of a sudden for an ad to pop up. I'm just, I don't know. I know. It does kind of mess with the experience. Anyway, I can just borrow like three bucks a month? Sure. I got you. I got you. (laughs) Silvana, thank you very (laughs) much. You got it. All right, turn to the media industry. It's been a year of disruption for media and entertainment, disruption from the Hollywood writers and actors strike, more consumers cutting the cord and the return of the bundle and the boom in technology, especially AI. Our Julia Borston looks at what could be coming down the road for media and entertainment in 2024. After a mixed year for media stocks, looking ahead to 2024, here's what to watch. All of the media giants continue to face some of the same challenges, including cord cutting, a still weak linear ad market, pressure to generate profits from their streaming services, plus competition with the tech giants for content and sports rights, pushing up prices. Plus, they're all fighting, along with the tech giant streaming services, for subscribers in a crowded market. This year, Netflix's crackdown on password sharing drove a surge in subscribers. But as streamers are more judicious about content spending, user growth could slow. So we could see more bundling of streaming services, not just Disney Plus offering a bundle with ESPN Plus and Hulu, but also moves similar to Verizon's offering of Max and Netflix together to keep subscribers hooked and minimize churn. Mergers could also be in the works as Paramount's controlling shareholder Sherry Redstone and CEO Bob Backish meet with potential buyers as the company faces declining linear ad sales and an upcoming debt payment. And Warner Brothers Discovery will be free to sell as of April 8th when restrictions from its two-year-old merger expire. Another factor that could drive deals, the need for sports rights. Paramount CBS has the NFL, Warner Brothers Discovery doesn't, 
and look for the media and tech giants to show interest in the NBA. The next rights deal starts after next year's season. Back over to you. All right, let's talk much more about this space as the calendar turns over to 2024. Grace Lee is the co-head of media and entertainment uh, for the Americas at Alex Partners. Grace, good morning. Happy holidays. Great to have you here. Thank you, Frank. Thank you for having me. Good morning. So I think I want to pick it up where Julia left it off. Um, the battle for sports rights, the NBA deal, one of the big things that's coming up. Um, what's your outlook for that? How does that influence this uh, streamer war? Yes, sure. The sports rights is actually sports is an interesting content because it ha definitely is conducive for people to stick around and then be more royal to the platform. Now, as you know, the the streaming war has started and then there's not enough market for 80 streamers to have their own portion. So we at Alex Parsons believe that this will consolidate down to four to five major players will take the most. In that sense, actually, sports will play a role to make the customers stick out for us, stand and, and remain in the platform. So Whereas what that, go ahead. Oh, sorry to interrupt you, Grace, but I just want you, you, you said something that kind of caught my ear. So it sounds like you think that consolidation is on the way. We know Warner Brothers Discovery and Paramount have discussed it. Some people believe that Comcast may get involved in that. Just from right, right now, what we know today, how do you see that all playing out, this consolidation? Sure. Indeed, 2024 will be a year of change for media and entertainment. As I said earlier, the streaming market has been growing at 22% from starting from 2017 to 2023. Now, we at Alex Parsons believe that growth will come down to mid-single digit starting from 2024 to 2026. What that means for the media entertainment player is that they will have to consolidate to get bigger. So, not only the rumor deal, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a more deal coming in coming uh, 2024 and coming years. All right. Um, one thing that's really a driving force for the media entertainment, uh, media and entertainment space is ad spending. So uh, data shows the forecast is for ad spending to recover moderately uh, to mid single digit growth likely. Um, what's your outlook when it comes to ad spending? We saw a lot of uh, companies say the ads market was softer after the start of the Israel Hamas war. Yes, the ad spend, I, I see a two big trend. One is the digital, the rotation towards the digital. As the advertisers start to start to think about their advertising budget, they would like to put their money where they can actually track the clear ROI. So that will cause the rotation towards the digital market. The second thing that I, I expect to see is the more volatility. As digital market ad spending can be pulled and pushed more frequently, so we would see more volatility going into every quarter from 2024. All right. Well, now that we're past some of the strikes and some of the other disruptions, um, what are some of the other things that you're looking for in the media and entertainment space? Uh, we've also seen a bit of a shift when it comes to the box office. Superhero movies uh, for the last decade or so, amazing. Big results now, not so much. Yes, I think the the, um, the preferred form of content distribution is definitely moving towards the digital and then over the top. And we, from the advertising perspective, as well as subscription perspective, we will see a continued rotation towards the digital channel. So uh, that said, the, the box office trend, I don't think it will be reversed greatly from here. And um, and the the streaming will be still a preferred platform of media consumption. 
So you're mentioning this kind of a shift when it comes to media consumption. That goes to the box office. I think it also goes to just regular TV, uh, especially when we're talking about local news and local programming. How do you see that shifting? I thought it was pretty interesting yesterday. We saw the New York Times suing Microsoft and OpenAI. Um, is, is that going to be a factor, just the influence of AI on local TV and, and broadcast? So 2023 doesn't go down without mentioning AI. So AI has been uh, a major disruption in many industry and media entertainment is not a not an exception. I think AI will be more real as we go into 2024, whether it be a media content creation or production or the other side of the media, meaning like post-production or data and analytics. Across all value chain of media, uh, AI adoption will become more real and investors will require the media and entertainment company to generate a tangible result by using AI technologies. All right, Grace Lee of Alex Partners, great to have you here. Appreciate your time and your insight. Thank right, you coming for up here me. on Worldwide Exchange, picking the cream of the crop when it comes to the Magnificent Seven. Which members of the high-flying group think, uh, do investors think, will have the biggest year in 2024? But first, some of your top trending stories. We begin with a new study from Harvard, finding social media companies collectively made over $11 billion in ad revenue from miners last year. The researchers say the findings show a need for government regulation and a bid to alleviate mental health concerns and avoid harmful ad practices. Lionsgate closing its $375 million acquisition of Entertainment One from previous owner Hasbro, adding 6,500 film and TV titles to its existing library. The sale adds shows like Yellow Jackets, The Rookie, and Naked and Afraid, but excludes names like Peppa Pig, Power Rangers, and My Little Pony. And there's still time to ring in the new year in style. Wild Hub out with a list of the best cities for New Year's Eve celebrations based on entertainment and food costs, safety and accessibility. Orlando, San Diego, and New York City topping that list with Las Vegas and Atlanta rounding out the top five. Stay with us. Much more WEX coming up. All right, welcome back to Worldwide Exchange. NASDAQ 100 on pace for its best year since 1999. Looking at some of the gainers, NVIDIA, not surprising at the top of that list, up over 230% year-to-date, right behind it, Meta and CrowdStrike. And on the other side of the coin, some of the laggards in the NASDAQ 100. Uh, at the bottom of that list, Moderna down more than 42%, Illumina down over 29%, Walgreens Boost Alliance on a couple lists right here on the laggard side, down more than 28% for the year. All right, time now for your global briefing. We begin with Reuters reporting a number of U.S. allies, including Italy and Spain, they appear reluctant to join a new maritime task force in response to the Houthi attacks in the Red Sea. The U.S. says the coalition, which is meant to ensure billions of dollars of worth of commerce can flow freely through the Red Sea, is made up of more than 20 nations, though it's only named 12, including the EU. Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi reportedly pushing back on Apple's warnings to Indian opposition politicians the government hackers may have breached their phones. The Washington Post says Indian officials demanded that Apple weaken the political impact of the warnings it made back in October and come up with alternative explanations. And Credit Suisse paying a $3 million penalty to Singapore for failing to prevent or detect misconduct by its relationship managers. According to a statement by the Monetary Authority of Singapore, Credit Suisse bankers in that country gave customers inaccurate or incomplete post-trade disclosures leading clients to spread charges above the agreed rate. In addition to that penalty, Credit Suisse says it has also separately compensated impacted clients. All right, coming up here on Worldwide Exchange, we have the one word that every investor needs to know today, plus the moves to make in the second to the last trading day of the year, including the beaten up financial stock high on our next guest shopping list. 
And if you haven't already, follow our podcast in this worldwide exchange. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, or other podcast apps. Much more Wax after this. All right, welcome back to Worldwide Exchange. Taking a look at the year-to-date S&P gainers right at the top of that list. Once again, we're looking at NVIDIA up over 230%, right behind it once again, Meta Platforms. And then there's a third name. We don't talk about it often. Builders First Source up over 160% year-to-date. And then on the other side of the coin for the S&P 500, right there on the bottom, FMC Corp down more than 48%. And Phase Energy, one of those alternative energy names that's been hit hard this year down more than 48%. Dollar General, a bit surprisingly there, uh, down more than 45% year-to-date. All right, time now for your WEX wrap-up. We're going to begin with Apple resuming sales of its Series 9 and Ultra 2 Apple Watches after an appeals court temporarily paused the International Trade Commission's call for an import ban. The company says it has submitted redesigned models for customs approval to negate that ban. Reuters reporting Democratic Senators Richard Blumenthal and Ed Markey are demanding Tesla recall any steering and suspension parts that pose a safety risk. The warning follows a Reuters investigation on how Tesla has blamed drivers for frequent failures of components that are known to be defective. Meanwhile, Tesla CEO Elon Musk pushing back against reports of a robot attack at a Tesla factory back in August. He says it's truly shameful of the media to dredge up an injury from two years ago. Net foreign investments in China-listed stocks dropping by nearly 90% this year on concerns over the country's slumping growth. Traders have been selling out since August when investments into China, they peaked at $33 billion. And the U.S. reportedly proposing working groups from G7 countries discuss ways to seize $300 billion worth of frozen Russian assets. Among those in favor of a potential meeting in February are the U.K., Japan, and Canada. Here's what to watch today. Two pieces of economic data with initial jobless claims and November pending home sales. Also, the launch of the U.S. Space Force's new reusable space plane on a SpaceX Falcon Heavy rocket. The plane will be carrying a wide range of test and experimentation objectives when it takes off at 8 p.m. Eastern time today. Let's see how the markets are shaping up on this second to last trading day of the year. Take a look at futures right now. It's been a bit of a mixed picture all morning long. Continue to see the same thing. The Dow actually hitting its lows of the morning looking like it would open about 35 points lower. Joining me now, Kerry Firestone, chairman and CEO of Arius Asset Management, as well as a CNBC contributor. Good morning and happy holidays, Kerry. Always great to see you. Nice to see you too, Frank. Thanks for having me. All right, so a bit of a mixed picture when it comes to futures. Want to get a sense on how you see this day shaping up. What is your WEX word of the day? Well, the word of the day is justified. And we're using that because in order to think through next year and what we want to own after such a big year. I mean, this year has been phenomenal for stocks with uh, dividends. We're looking at close to 27% return for the year. So to hold a position, we really have to justify it to ourselves. Does it really deserve to be part of the portfolio? Is the price justified based on its earnings and future growth and valuation. So that's the word. It's, it really means we've got to look carefully at what we own, what whatever we buy, and think about whatever we should sell because we okay. can't just be owning it. So, Carrie, I also want to get your take on the latest Delivering Alpha Investor Survey and outlooks and strategies for the first quarter and even beyond that. So the nation's leading institutional investors, top strategists, and our own CNBC contributors, like you, being asked which of the magnificent seven stocks will post the best returns in 2024, 44% saying Microsoft, 24% saying Amazon, 12% saying NVIDIA, just 8% saying Alphabet, 
And Apple, Meta, and Tesla, they round out the list with just about 4% of votes each. What's your take on this? Well, the average return of that group was about 75% this year. I, I mean, at least that much. So if, you, if you're talking about what do we think is going to be the best performer of a group that was up that much, it's really hard to, again, justify that those stocks move much this year. I, I would actually pick Amazon, not because I think Amazon is selling for valuation that is less expensive. It's 31 times 25 uh, earnings, which you know isn't bad for Amazon. But we think that a soft landing is extremely good for Amazon, and the consumer is going to hold up better in 2024 than people had thought. But I, I think it, it could be a relatively muted year for those stocks. They were so strong this year. The rest of the market has to carry the S&P higher. It's not gonna be these names again. They were just so great. Everything worked well for them. So I'm giving you Amazon, but that's really with yeah, kind of a low bar of confidence. Really a low bar of confidence. So, so does that mean that you think that the market's gonna broaden out for another strong year, or you think it's gonna not, the year next year won't be as good as this one? I, I think the market already has broadened. We've seen what happened in December. Uh, up until the end of September, about 85% of the returns of S&P came from the magnificent, magnificent seven. And that's huge, 85%. The rest of the market was up about 2%. Now the equal weighted S&P is up 11.5% year to date. So there has been a move and other stocks have outperformed the magnificent seven. That's going to have to continue, we believe, in order for the market to go higher. Okay. Uh, but again, the top four market caps represent 21% of all of the valuation in the S&P. So you have to get participations from financials, from healthcare, from industrials, from consumer staples that, you know, these are groups that have done very, very little to negative this year. Right. And we, we expect there to be more of that. And yes, that can happen this year if we have lower interest rates and a soft landing. Well, speaking of financials, one of your picks in the financial space is a company that has not had a great year, Schwab. Uh, what's giving you so much confidence as we go into 2024? Well, interest rates, we believe, are going to start to come down. And the rise in interest rates caused a lot of people to take their cash that was earning very little and move it into high-yielding vehicles at Schwab and other financial institutions. That's called cash sorting. That's ending. The Ameritrade deal is getting resolved, integrated fully. It's a very inexpensive stock on a multiple basis. It started to act better. It was a real underperformer because of association with banks this year, of, mm -hmm. of course. And so we think it has more upside. All right. Seeing a bit of an upside in the Q4 in the last month or so. Carrie Firestone, it is always great to see you. Beautiful painting behind you, too. Have a great oh, holiday. Thank you. Good to see Thank you. Thank you. You too. Happy well, New Year. Quick look at the futures before we let you go right now. As we mentioned earlier, uh, the Dow hitting pretty much its lows of this morning. Kind of a mixed picture when it comes to futures. The S&P, eh, almost flat. The Nasdaq, the best performer, at least in the pre-market. And we're going to leave it there. we got Squawk Box coming up next. Thank you for watching. You've been listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. You can always catch us live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. 
full. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.